There's a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the buzzer! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. And our guest this episode is Tony Merchlinski, a sophomore offensive lineman on the Muhlenberg football team. Last October, Tony signed up for the National Bone Marrow Registry through Be the Match at the Mules' annual drive. In January, he was notified that he was a match for a cancer patient in Canada and in late June, he donated his blood stem cells. And before we hear from Tony about his experience, here are some facts courtesy of the Andy Talley Bone Marrow Foundation, an organization founded by and named for the legendary Villanova football coach. Approximately every three minutes, one person in the United States is diagnosed with a blood cancer. And approximately every nine minutes, someone in the U.S. dies from a blood cancer. An estimated 20,000 patients are in need of a transplant each year. Donors between the ages of 18 and 25 provide the greatest chance for transplant success. So if you are between 18 and 25, or you know someone between the ages of 18 and 25, listen to Tony Merchlinski talk about how easy it can be to save a life. All right, Tony, welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, about one week ago, last Monday, you were lying in a bed at a medical center in, in Northern Virginia with, with tubes uh, hooked up to both arms, and, and you couldn't have been happier about it, right? No, of course not. It was a great experience. Um, so uh, this all started, I imagine, um, back in October um, when the Muhlenberg football team had its annual bone marrow registry drive. Uh, do you remember what, what that was all about when when you first heard wind of that? Yeah, so it was a little different this year. Um, since I'm a freshman, I really didn't experience what it used to be like. But with COVID, we had some restrict, uh, restrictions to follow. But we tried our best to get most of the people who were on campus. We only had freshmen at the time. So we tried to get the word out to get people to come down to the football field to join, uh, be the match and join the registry. And uh, on that day, most of the freshmen, including me, we all joined. Um, we all did our cheek swab. Well, we actually didn't do it there. They sent us it in the mail because of the coronavirus. So um, that's where it all began. Yeah. And what was uh, what was your reaction when you heard that Muhlenberg was was going to do this? Were you aware that this was something that was part of the Muhlenberg program? Yeah. Um, Coach Milne always talked about it for recruits. And we knew about it because it's a big part of what we do because of Coach Donnelly. And it means a lot to our program because of how much he meant to us. So even though I never got to meet him, I never played for him. I know that he started the tradition that we now have today. So this is something that we could do um, to honor him in the least. Yeah. You mentioned coach Donnelly. Um, the first Muhlenberg uh, bone marrow registry drive was in September, 2017 after uh, coach Donnelly who coached the Muhlenberg football team for 21 years was, was diagnosed with cancer. And then he, he passed away uh, about a month later. So the, the seniors on the team this year, who you got to meet most of them in the spring, many of them were probably recruited by, by Coach Donnelly. There's, there's nobody left in the program who actually played for him. But what have, 
What have they told you about Coach Donnelly and what have you heard about him? Really, um, all great things. Everything that we are now as a program all came from Coach Donnelly. And like you said, his 21 years there, I never got to meet him, but I would have loved to be able to meet him and even play for him. Um, everything that Coach Millen preaches to us every day is something that started when he was our head coach. And he built the he built the program to what it is today, and he was able he gave us the chances that we have for success. And this is one way to carry on his legacy, obviously, with this uh, own marrow registry drive. So I imagine you you donated in October, and then probably kind of forgot about it, uh, and and then uh, you got a call in January, right? Yep. Yeah, I joined in October. Um, did the cheek swab, which is what they do to get you on the registry, and then. In January, one day I got a call on an email and I was, I was like super excited and I really didn't fully grasp um, the whole situation. I told our coaches right away. I texted my mom and it, it was just awesome to know that I could potentially be part of this process. You know, right then and there, I didn't know how far it was going to go, but I did know that I was potentially a match and we could start going through a process then. So what was the process after the, they told you that you could potentially be, be a match? So I had to do a cheek swap again just to make sure that I was a good match. And then they set everything up, um, physicals, and I had to get blood work to make sure I was healthy enough and to make sure that my blood, there was no bloodborne diseases that I had that would transfer to the patient. Um, so they did that to make sure that I was good, that my blood was good for the patient. I went to maybe three appointments um, for physical, two times for blood work. And then I started taking shots five days before of uh, this medicine called Pilgrastum to up my white blood cell count. And then I went to Virginia, did the process, and it was awesome. Yeah, uh, there was an article uh, in the morning call recently uh, and also in your hometown paper, the, the Pottstown Mercury. And you were quoted as saying that you almost felt lucky when you found out in January that, that you could be a match. Yeah, I did because there's, there's nothing that there, there's no risk involved for me and there's nothing that really takes anything away from me. So to be able to be that person who was able to donate something, um, I felt lucky. And I, I said this to my hometown paper, you know, all these stories and everything, people wanted to talk to me. I, I appreciate it, but you know, it could have been anybody. And I think that the best thing about this is that more people are hearing about be the match in my hometown. Nobody really knew what it was, but I was able to get that on the paper and now people know what it is and could hopefully join the registry and get more people involved. Yeah. So as they described the, uh, the procedure in, in the article, um, so you drove down to this medical center in, in Northern Virginia and they say that the, the blood is removed from one arm and then returned to the other arm. That, that sounds kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a, not an IV, but they had a, a needle in my right arm that was taking the blood out to a machine. And it would go through a process to separate my blood from the stem cells. And then it would come back through a tube into an IV into my left hand. And I just had to sit still for four hours. Um, not mess up the needles and everything went well. Oh, four, it took four hours for that whole process. Yeah, it could take four to seven. I was lucky enough. It was on the, er, the quicker side of things. Um, honestly, it, it, 
didn't feel like four hours because the hospital was very accommodating. They had movies for me to watch and I was able to, they had a bed that was really comfortable. So everything was easy for me. Uh, you're, you're an offensive lineman. You're not, you're not really used to uh, going for speed, right? So that, that was <laughs> yeah. Good, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what movies did you watch? Do you I watched the Joker and uh, the Expendables. Very good. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it was, uh, it was fairly painless. Yeah. The, the smallest thing that happened was leading up to the days I got headaches because they were pumping me with like white blood cells. So, well, upping my white blood cell count. So that was like the worst thing and I can deal with headaches. Everyone can. So, you know, it, it, the process was seamless and it was very easy. And, and you wore your Muhlenberg football shirt when you went to, to, uh, to <laughs> donate your stem cells. Yep. I'm wearing Muhlenberg all the time, you know. <laughs> oh, well, that, that, that's good to hear. Had you ever given blood before? I actually didn't because every time they'd have a blood drive at my hometown school, we would either have a game or practice and I wouldn't be able to do it because we'd have to sit out. So most of the athletes in my hometown were never able to do it. So this is my first time ever doing something like this. But, and you, you weren't uh, squeamish or hesitant or anything about like that with having a needle stuck into your actually both arms? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right with needles and blood coming out. But if I see like the insides of someone, that's where I, I draw the line. I can't deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll try to try to keep that in mind. So and then how did you feel afterwards um, after the four hour procedure? Uh, I was a little tired, but that was all. It felt relieving uh, really to get my blood like taken out and to split up, I guess what they needed because all the medicine then was kind of going out of my body. So I was feeling back to normal and it was only, they said like a five day recovery, but for me it took 24 hours and I felt like normal again. That's almost like getting your uh, COVID vaccination, right? Yeah, exactly the same. <laughs> and then, so the, um, you were donating these, uh, your stem cells, your match was a 27 uh, year old man in Canada with non Hodgkin's lymphoma. And in the article, it mentioned that the transfusion to him was, was almost immediately within a day after you, after you donated. Yeah. Um, so COVID really, it, it made them have to freeze the stem cells sometimes because they wouldn't be able to get it directly to the patient. But, you know, with everything winding down, and vaccinations being out, mine was able to be the normal process. So they had a helicopter come in. Um, I didn't see any of this, but the nurse was telling me they had the helicopter come in. They took it to Canada. And then the next day is when they started the transplant. Well, any update on, on how it's going or how this patient is doing? So I'm actually not able to hear anything for a year because of certain rules from Canada. So a year from now, hopefully be the match will be able to get me in contact with them. And they even are able to fly you out to meet them. If that's something you both want to do. Yeah. And, and if, if he's doing well enough, you can fly him here and invite him to watch you play in the Muhlenberg football. Game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he will literally be bleeding Muhlenberg Cardinal and gray, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, we had this um, be the match registry drive uh a little limited this year because of not everyone being on campus what would you say to someone who maybe is reluctant to to join the registry or to 
um, to actually follow through with the donation uh, if, if they're selected as a match? How, 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 what would you say to them to encourage them? Uh, from my experience, I would tell them how seamless it was, how Be The Match did everything for me and made it like not a step of the way was I stressed about this. Um, they booked all my appointments. They just told me where I need to show up and when, and they made sure that was good time for me. Um, they pay for all your expenses as long as you log it and give it back to them. It, like I said to um, the interview in the paper, it was like a mini vacation for me. It was honestly a great experience and there was nothing that would stop me from doing it again. So I would hope that knowing how easy the process is, more people would be less reluctant to really get involved and then to finally go through with it. Yeah, I mean, I think people have this picture of uh, donating bone marrow, um, which may be what it was a few years ago, which was a really invasive surgical procedure. Uh, it, it, it's really not that. It's really much, uh, you know, not much different from, from giving blood. Yeah. Um, you know, I, before I went started going through the process, I I wasn't reluctant, but I was a little nervous. Like, what if this, what if I got called, what would happen? Like, like I wanted to always go through with it, but like, how would that, how would I deal with it? But every step of the way, all my worries like went away and they made it really easy. Yeah. Well, 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 that's great. I, I, what kind of reaction have you gotten, uh, you know, both from the Muhlenberg football family and in, in your hometown since, uh, since the story came out last week. You know, it's awesome. The morning of, I had everybody on the team from like our captain all the way down to freshman guys with me, texting me and telling me like, good luck with your procedure and all this. And, you know, it's really nothing like that hard of a procedure, but they all made sure to reach out to me um, and all the coaches too. And then after everybody's being really awesome about it and, you know, being really nice to me, uh, I keep telling people I really didn't do much. So it's all right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, it's you, you could save a life and it, it's incredible how easy it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. So in, in 1940, uh, Winston Churchill, um, newly, newly elected prime minister of England famously said, I have nothing to offer, but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. And, and you've offered your blood already. Um, and, and why I bring Winston Churchill into this is that you are a, a fellow politician. Uh, yeah. you're, you are running for office. You're running for Monoy Township Supervisor. Uh, the, the election is this, this coming fall. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with that and, and um, why you're interested in, in running for a, a public office. So at Muhlenberg, I study um, political economy and public policy, basically political science. And I've always been interested in politics mainly because I wanted to help people from my hometown. So starting small is my main goal. Um, you know, I don't want to be like the classic politician we all think of that, you know, maybe it's the less of two evils that we have to elect. I really just want to be in the office to do whatever I can to help people, um, especially from my hometown and my surrounding community. Um, as I was growing up, everything that everything that I am today came from my community, my hometown and my family. And I feel the least I could do is give back to them. So 
And in, in my vision of that, that's running for politics. Uh, and that goes hand in hand with, um, so you weren't helping a person in your community, you were helping a person uh, in, in a neighboring country, but, but that goes hand in hand with, uh, you know, just being a good citizen and, and trying to help where you can. Yeah. You know, even though they're a, another country, it's, we're all, you know, we're all live on the earth and <laughs> you know, wherever we can help, we, we should. Right. So you're running for this um, position. Uh, the election obviously will be in November. W- what's it going to be like uh, campaigning and um, trying to get your message out to the voters once you return to campus uh, next month? So it's, it's probably going to be a little bit harder um, when I'm not at home to talk to people, but I use, I try to use technology the best I can. I'm not great with it, but uh, <laughs> they made it pretty easy to use. So I get my message out through Facebook. I have a Facebook page and I try to get as many people from my area to like it and follow it so that I could post um, messages and ideas about my campaign that I'm running on so that they could see it and get an idea of what they could vote for. Yeah, I mean, that's very uh, unusual for someone so young, uh, I would imagine, to be running for a political office at, at, at such a young age. Do, what, what kind of future aspirations do you have in politics? I want to be a politician really as, as far as I can go. Um, whenever elections are open, as, as long as I can run for it, I'll, I'll try. You know, I saw this opportunity. I had a few people from my area just talk to me and tell me, you know, we need young people in there. And they encouraged me to go through with it. You know, win or lose, it doesn't matter. I feel like this is a great experience um, just to run, get the idea of what it is and have my message out there so people can know what I'm about. So President Merch Linsky, huh? Yeah, that's that's what all my teammates say. That's my nickname. (laughs) And so... uh, Interesting. Uh, you know, you just completed your freshman football season and we'll put season in air quotes because uh, there was no season, of course. Um, but your brother, Greg, is a uh, is a coach on the team, uh, coaches the wide receivers. What, what was it like to be on a playing on a team where your brother was one of the coaches? So I actually came to Muhlenberg um, in a visit before Greg, my brother, um, ever applied for a job and I absolutely loved it. And it just happened that there was a job open and he got it. He loved it too. And we both came here and, you know, my dad was a coach in high school. He never coached my position, but I feel like it's exactly the same where I'll see him before practice. They're in stretches. I don't see him at all because he coaches the very athletic people and his coach <laughs> says, I'm not one of them. So <laughs> we don't see, I don't see him around until before and after practice. Do you call him Greg or Coach Merch Linsky? Yeah, on the field, I'll call him Coach Merch, but at home, it's always Greg. <laughs> uh, and just, just talk about, um, not including your brother, but just talk about the experience of this highly unusual freshman year you just had where, uh, you know, in the fall, it was mostly just the freshmen. Uh, and then, uh, you know, in the spring, the most of the rest of the team came back. Um, you did get a chance to play in an intra-squad scor- scrimmage, but... Uh, talk about the experience. It's such, such a strange year. Yeah, like you said, it was really weird. But with all the freshmen there, um, you know, I don't want to down any other class, but I think we might be the closest class without having any upperclassmen around. We just had become best friends. And it was really easy to do that because everybody on the team was awesome. And, you know, the coaches made it really easy. 
to like they didn't make it awkward. Um, they did their best to get us in the most normal routine that we could with what we had available to us. And then when the upperclassmen came on in the spring semester, they did the same. Um, nobody was awkward about it or weird or, or trying to like down the freshman. Everybody just came together and said, you know, we're a top 25 team in the nation. We don't have to act like, you know, some high school team. We're, we're going to get together. We're going to have our workouts and we're going to not let COVID affect us. So uh, we did our best to get in as much work as we could. And when we had the chance available to us, we, you know, we dug in and <laughs> we did the best we could. And uh, how, how much are you looking forward to having a, uh, a normal season starting uh, team reports for preseason in, in about uh, a little bit more than a month, August 11th. And then, September 4th, ready to go, full 10-game schedule. Uh, you guys must be super excited after uh, after a year where you didn't play any competitive games. Oh, yeah, this is the this is definitely the most excited I've ever been for a football season. Um, you know, us freshmen, we really didn't know what Muhlenberg football was about when playing a game, but, you know, we got to put on the jerseys and play each other, and that was a great experience. And it it it, it for me, it made me even more excited because I knew – what to expect and you know to go against another team and to have everybody cheering for the same people instead of cheering against the defense because they're wearing white that day you know um it's, it's going to be great yeah and of course one of the things now you you're going to be a sophomore and your whole sophomore class which still hasn't played a game um will automatically have seniority over the incoming freshman class and i imagine one of the things that uh you can tell them about in addition to what Muhlenberg football is all about is, is this be the match program and, and how important it is. And now you, you can say that from firsthand experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely going to be weird. Um, I'm probably not going to feel like I have any seniority over these guys because we're kind of at the same level, but you know, we, we can't teach them much about, you know, playing games and that, but we can teach them about the culture because you know, that we, we got that right away, how we work out the things we do and, how we hold ourselves in public and, and, you know, the, the organization that we're involved in and everything that as a Muhlenberg football player, you get to be a part of. All right. We're talking with uh, Tony Merchlinski, sophomore offensive lineman on the Muhlenberg football team and recent blood stem cell donor through the be the match registry. We'd like to end all of our podcasts by asking our guests some questions about their personal life. So, Let's uh, let's go with these. What's your favorite quote, Tony? I'll have to say something that we learned this uh, semester during the, this program that we did. Um, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to the level of your training. So, you know, it's hard to rise to the occasion when you haven't trained for it. So you train the hardest you can. And then when you're on the big stage, you fall to what you train for. And as long as that training is what you know it to be, you'll be fine. All right. What's your favorite movie? Oh, man. One of the Star Wars. I'd have to say um, A New Hope, the first one. You know, I'm weird. I like the original. It's awesome. <laughs> My dad definitely had influence on me with that. All right. So, so Star Wars fan, huh? Definitely. <laughs> um, how do you, I know you haven't had a, a game day in, uh, you know, since late in 2019, but how do you get ready for, for playing games? Do you have any superstitions or pregame rituals? Uh, I usually get there as early as I can. And one thing that I always do 
Um, our trainers might hate it, but I always take my own risks. I've been doing it since I was in peewee football, and that's just something that keeps me calm for the game. Uh, well, that, that keeps the trainers. That's one less person the trainers have to attend to, so maybe they'll like it. Yeah, it's definitely easier for uh, Jamie on a game day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and last question, Tony, before we let you go. If you could sit down for a meal with a famous person, living or past, who would it be? Ronald Reagan. Um, there's a lot of people I'd definitely go with, but he's my favorite president. I never got to meet him, but everything that he did while in office, I love it, and I love his jokes. He's awesome. He's not just smart. He's also hilarious. So. All right, Tony Merchlinski, thank you so much for joining us on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. If you would like to follow in Tony's footsteps and join the Be The Match registry, it's very simple. You just go to bethematch.org, sign up. Couldn't be simpler, right, Tony? Right. All right, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg College Office of Athletic Communications. If you have any questions or comments for us or our guests, email us at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or leave a message on the Mule Pod line at 484-664-4001. If you like us, please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends or your enemies. We're not picky. If you have suggestions on how we can make this better, please contact us. For the latest in Muhlenberg sports, visit muhlenbergsports.com or follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. Until our next episode, Go Mules!